another episode of the bench mob ent yes we are back for another episode back to back days y'all getting this content this will probably be safe to say right this will probably be the last episode before the new year i, I would say unless something crazy happens i would say yeah yes yeah, it's, it's too much going on yeah how was your christmas santa gave you everything that you wanted and let me tell you santa gave me some uh white kds the new kds that came out bro from 14s the most comfortable basketball shoe I've ever hooped in in my life. All hoopers should go out and grab a pair. Katie getting a free plug. That's also my guy, so I don't mind plugging him. You know, being a net and all. But that that shoe is no seriously like you know you get to break in shoes like you don't break them in. Yeah. I played last night. Yo, I played I played like KD last night. I was going crazy. It was nuts. Yo, for our listeners, um, you know we have some people of all ages. I want to tell y'all from Uncle Tom, Santa ain't real. So in this case, in this situation right here, Santa for Greg is his fiance. She's playing the role of Santa. <laughs> Santa, Santa don't exist. For y'all younger people, your parents are playing the role of Santa. So just, just throw that out there. I want to burst that bubble right now. Santa does not exist. Just wanted to throw that out there real quick. So of course, we got Miles, who's not able to make it. He had a company dinner to go to. I had to, you know, go eat, rub elbows with the, the rich folk. And then mm-hmm. we already know CJ Moneybags is traveling around the world right now, like Carmen San Diego. So he'll hop on probably in the new year, which kind of sucks, though, because we are going to be talking about Joe Burrow and these Bengals. Yeah. Joe Burrow, last game, 37-46, 525, four TDs. Obviously, no Lamar Jackson. But I, I saw the debate. We posted the poll. People are saying, are voting so far, Joe mm-hmm. Burrow is better than Lamar. This is this is a tough. That, that's tough. Lamar Lamar's better. And Lamar's better. Objectively, Lamar's better. Lamar's done more in the league. Lamar has had a playoff berth. Lamar has been has has an MVP under his belt. That's not a mistake, right? And now it's in a year where guys were saying he should improve his passing. And now this year he's an improved passer. Um at Lamar does more with less than anybody in the NFL, period. And he gives you more options as a coach. Your, your offense is not limited to just throwing the ball. You can you can do read option. You can do whatever you want. He moves the ball up and down the field as he sees fit. He's just that good. So uh, Lamar is a singular talent I've never seen before in the NFL. I'm giving him the nod. That being said, Joe Burrow is special, 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 special. Like he is it. He is all. He is all of it. Like he's gonna be the best quarterback in the league <laughs> at some point in his career. I, I don't see it now. I think 
I think a guy like he's gonna give he's gonna give guys like Pat Mahomes and Lamar and all these guys a run for their money in the years to come. He is he is I, I, I'm at a loss for words how good he is. I was looking at some of the throws he made. He he made every kind of throw in that game, every throw, layered throws, deep throws, touch passes, bullet passes to the flat, to the deep part of the field. He challenged every part of the field. He was incredible. He is he is so good. I, and just congratulations to Bengals fans. You have your guy. I, I'm super. I'm really jealous. You have your guy like definitively. You might want to put Joe Burrow probably not overall better than Lamar because Lamar can do way more. But Joe Burrow, passing wise, he already Lamar hasn't had a four thousand yard passing season yet. And Joe Burrow is already so far this season, four thousand hundred sixty-five yards, thirty TDs, sixty-nine point nine percent completion percentage. Like Joe Burrow throwing wise, I guess it depends on what you want. If you want a quarterback that's going to be able to go get yards with his legs, then all right, you go with Lamar because Lamar got the full packet. But if you want you a nice pocket passer who scrambles just to get passes off, hey. My praise for Lamar is, is come from the fact that he's improved as a passer. So now he's a guy you can sit back in the pocket and do more traditional stuff with. And also at the same time, he's going to run and gas you up whenever he feels like it. He does both. It's insane. He's like the best runner with the, with the. He's the best guy with the football in his hands in the league. Maybe outside of Jonathan Taylor right now. And then on top of that, he's throwing the ball and really efficient throwing the ball over the all over the field now. He's gotten better, so that's why I give him the edge. But it's a slight edge. Joe Burrow is really good. And if you pick Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson, great. Just don't do it seventy to thirty percent. Don't make it a landslide for Joe Burrow. That's ridiculous. It should have been closer than that. That's that's like that's like that's just ridiculous. That makes no sense. Like you're just going off of last week's game. It's, 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 but no, Joe Burrow is it. Congrats, like, congrats to the Bengals fans. He's gonna win a Super Bowl at some point. I think the thing too that you gotta look at it. You mentioned, and I agree with this. You look at Lamar. Lamar has not had as much help this season as Joe Burrow has had with the amount of weapons he's had. If we switch them on teams, hmm. do we see the Bengals having the same type of success and the Ravens in this same type of situation? I don't think I don't think the Ravens are successful just because of the fact that you're you're limited in what you you're more limited in what you can do. You got to you got to utilize your wide receivers in a more traditional capacity because you got be he's going to be dropping back under center throwing the ball out, flinging it around, not nearly as much running. In fact, barely any. He tore his ACL last year trying to run um, and getting hurt. So you Lamar, though, with the Bengals system, with Jamar chasing them dudes and Boyd and all those guys and Higgins, my God, it would be crazy. He doesn't need a special offensive line to do what he does. He's going to make guys miss. He's going to make big-time plays. We would see a very similar – we would see we would see a 4,000-yard – passing season from him with that with that team but also a thousand yards on the ground rushing possibly like that type of season from Lamar with that with those kind of weapons again I think I think Joe Burrow has I don't know maybe he brings out more in Hollywood Brown because he's not running you feel me like so it's more targets going his way you're, you're not having in the quarterback option you know all right we passing if Joe Burrow's passing 40 times that's more intense towards a Hollywood Brown, Andrews. So maybe they don't have as much success. But the thing is, is weird with the Ravens. They had mad injuries this season. So I think that's what people are forgetting too. Like, yeah. The Ravens have had mad injuries. Overall, they've pretty much have owned the Bengals pretty much like over recent years. But 
injuries this season. The overall series, Ravens is up 27-25 in the series. But I think if Lamar is there, they're healthy with how Lamar's been throwing. They don't lose any of those games this year. Yeah, I, they, I would, I would agree. Put 41 I would points both games. Yeah, I did. Rashad Bateman would be having a better would be having a better season with Joe Burrow. Just you know, saying to your point, it's so different. I think with the pure passer like that, but with the injuries in that offensive line and what Lamar's had to deal with, is Joe Burrow getting that, that ball out cleanly? The, I think he's great. I think he's great. We seriously flip a coin, but in my opinion, Lamar's better. I think a lot of people would agree <laughs> that Lamar's a better player right now. I mean, people should, but. Um, again, Joe Burrow is, is so good, and, and it would they just have different strengths, different skill sets, and they can make your team better in different ways. Now, with the Ravens losing, man, uh, they right now on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Right now, they're eight and seven. You got they finishing off the season, Chargers at home, Pittsburgh at home. They got two home games. Yeah. Now, a team that's above them, Dolphins, they finish at Titans, home against the Patriots. I don't I don't know if Baltimore gets in. Dolphins, I don't – the first time in NFL history, seven-game losing streak to start off the season and then a seven-game winning streak after that. I would love – I would love to give the Dolphins all the credit in the world for their seven-game winning streak, and I will. I mean, as a guy who's seen a fair amount of losing, I, I'm not in a position to tell you that, you know, you shouldn't be happy about a seven-game winning streak. But what I will say is – They've had a very weak schedule to get that seven game. I, I looked at the seven games. They haven't played anyone particularly great. And they didn't they, they beat the they beat Mike Glennon. <laughs> they beat, you know, they've beaten bad teams, you know, all, all throughout it. The Jets, I think they beat them too. Um, so with this tougher schedule coming up for them, and if the Ravens can win one of these games, seriously, because the, the Dolphins might have dropped both of these in the next couple games. Titans, and I think you said who else? Titans and Bills? Patriots. Like, oh my God. Yeah, like they could drop both of these games for real. So if the Ravens can win one more game, one more game, I, mean, I, I think they'll get in. No, What's the latest on, on Lamar? Is Lamar coming back before the uh, I, end of the if season? If he's back, he's back with the last week of the season. They ain't going to be bad enough to where they have to cart him off the field. I don't think he'll be back this week. It's a big part of his game with his legs. And I think it was his right foot. That's his plant foot. Do do they just sit him out just for his health purposes and like, yo, we just – I would. I would. But just the come back at the next game, like – Yeah. I mean, Huntley's good. You saw Johnson play pretty well. I think the Ravens obviously can get in because I don't I don't believe in the Dolphins. They beat the Texans. They beat the Ravens. Jets, Panthers, Giants, Jets. <laughs> Giants right. and Jets. And then they beat the Saints. I think it's for the Baltimore Ravens to get in, but it's like, for what reason, though? Lamar's not healthy. Yeah. Even, even if he comes back week 18 – He's not going to be fully healthy in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do we want to risk that? Y'all not going to win a Super Bowl this year, so. Yeah. I say just go into the offseason. Just, all right, if we make it in, we make it in. But don't stress it by putting Lamar out there, possibly get injured. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. It all depends on what. It's all, it all depends on what Lamar is capable of doing when they go to these tests throughout the week and all that stuff. If he's capable of getting, around, getting out there and playing like Lamar, then maybe a chance it. But if not, then no. Like then just no, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Just just come sit at home with me. We got enough space on the couch. Watch the playoffs with me. Just do it like that. Uh for for Baltimore Chargers. They lose. We talked about it. Texans got busy on them, put up mm-hmm. a 41 piece. Mm-hmm. They put themselves in a bad situation. They finish off the season home, 
against the Broncos, which that might be an L, and then at Raiders, which is a division game, so that might be an L too. How you see the Chargers panning out and what's going on with the Chargers? Like, this is back-to-back seasons where they had the potential to be a playoff team. You got a generational talent with Herbert, and they can't put it all together at all. It, it, it's the history of the Chargers says this happens all the time. And I, I mean, not just last year, this like historically, this team finds a way to lose big games. They find a way to lose big games since the LT, since the, the LT days and Philip Rivers days, they were, do, that's what they Antonio did. Gates. Yeah. Antonio Gates, like with all those weapons and all that talent, they would go into the, they'd go into the playoffs, like with 11 win season under their belt. And you'd think this is the year Philip Rivers is finally going to win one. And they lost a big game. So, I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's a cultural thing in the organization. I, I, I mean, obviously they have a great coach. I, I, I like the things they've done. Obviously, what's what's not to like, but I'm I'm not going to give you an X and O reason why, like the football reason why they, these guys are struggling. I mean, um, I think they could fall. I think the fourth down strategy that he that Brandon Staley's been using all season is problematic at times. <laughs> okay, I know how good Herbert is, and I know it's worked, and I and I admire it because I have a coach that that does not ever go for it, but. There's a balance, and he goes for it a bit too much. Now, I'm not sure that's why they lost to the Texans 41. But, you know, the, let the Texans put up 41 points on them. That's just bad defense. That's just bad defense. That's them exploiting things in your in your defensive secondary that you have to get cleaned up. But um, if you look at it from a totality standpoint, it's it's really a, it could be a culture issue. Like it really is. They they've always done this. They they do this all the time. They're like a, they're they they're go they go from being a Maserati in the start of the season to being a Honda Civic 2002. <laughs> it happens every it happens all the time yo it's crazy because chargers baltimore even the raiders are still in the mix to try to get in there the only way i see the Chargers maybe getting in there like i said they got to play against the raiders to end off the season and the raiders are literally have the same record as them so yeah. i think it'll be interesting but tell me what you think on this though because i think the Chargers might be able to get in, but obviously they're going to need some help probably from a team like Miami losing mm-hmm. and the Patriots. Now, the Patriots got a pretty easy schedule, I think, to, to end it out. They're home against the Jags and then at Miami. And they've been on a little bit of a, a slump lately, yeah. lately now too, and it's in a position where, hey, hey, Bill, now we got to get Mac to throw. Mm-hmm. Can't. Y'all, y'all in trouble now. Yeah, you can't. That's not. That's not. That's not a strong suit. It's crazy to say that about a quarterback taking in the first round, but you don't want him. To, you don't want him throwing the ball. <laughs> um, if you can avoid it, you don't want to throw the ball him more than twenty five times in a game. If that, probably twenty at max, like if possible. And the Bills came back. The Bills came back and handled a business after that, because I mean. I can't I can't imagine you having to go home and you lost to somebody that threw the ball three times. It's that's that was a Bill Belichick game. Bad weather games are his games. He's not gonna lose a bad weather game. He just isn't. He just isn't gonna do it. They're, they're gonna win those games, but um they're limited. They're limited in what they can do. They need more weapons on the outside for Mac Jones. And I think Mac Jones has a chance as a, as a quarterback in this league for sure. In that system with that with that coach, for sure he does to play for a long time and be a franchise quarterback, but he's not that great. That goes to my point. You don't have to be. You don't have to be Joe Burrow to, to, to win a Super Bowl in the league. You don't. Mac Jones will probably win a Super Bowl at some point. He he just he probably will at some point. It's crazy. That's because he's um, with Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's just 
it's more system-based. Coaching matters so much more in this sport than any other sport. I say it all the time. So, it, but with them this year, they're very limited. Their best receiver out there is Kendrick Bourne. Like you're not, it's going to be really hard to win game, and he's been good, but it's going to be really hard to win a Super Bowl with Kendrick Bourne being your best wide receiver. You got to get him some weapons. Same problem Tom Brady has, same problem he has now, that, that Mac has now. It's no different. So uh, I, I think they'll win the next two games, and, I, you know, it'll be a really interesting finish. But I think the, I think the Patriots are going to win. They're not going to get help from the past. I think the past don't beat themselves. They're going to beat these two teams they're supposed to beat. Things that that's interesting too. A team that we meant you just mentioned. You feel me? Is like a Maserati ends up being close to like a Honda Civic. Is Arizona? Mm-hmm. Arizona. I get it. D Hop is out. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray was all in the MVP conversation at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and it's kind of happened last year. Hot start. Oh my gosh, this is a, a great duo talent. You got Kyler Murray and D Hop. Oh my gosh, this is about to be one of the best quarterback wide receiver tandems ever in history. And it doesn't pan out to anything. It doesn't pan out to the playoffs. They've clinched the playoff berth this year. That's cute, but they're on a three-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. And they the fifth seed right now. They can mess around and end up dropped to the seventh seed. They end off their season at the Cowboys and their home against the Seahawks. <laughs> I, I, I hope they get their act together this weekend against the Cowboys. What do you think is going on with the Cardinals? Though? Like, what's up? Is it is D Hop that much? It's it's not even it's not even so much D Hop in my opinion. Yes, missing D Hop is a big deal because it affects their passing game. He's their number one option, and teams double team him, and it opens up the field for Kirk and all these other guys to get catches, Rondell Moore, all those guys, but. The problem is they don't run like before the season started. I, I wasn't in love with the Cardinals because I was like, they don't run the ball. Like they don't run the ball well enough and they don't stop the run well enough, in my opinion, to win a Super Bowl. And them not running the ball more so than anything else is, I think, their biggest problem. I don't think they have a consistent run game with James Conner. I think James Conner has been good um, and ha- has shown some burst, but they don't stick with the run. They don't, they put a lot on Kyle Murray's plate. They have that air raid, you know, offense with, you know, um, their head coach, whose name is escaping me at the Kling, Cliff, 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 Kingsbury. Yeah, right. So, you know, when you have, when you have, when you, in the NFL, when you're constantly trying to drop back and throw the ball over and over again, these defenses are really good. They're going to adapt. They're going to figure out ways to do, throw new blitzes at you. They know you have a quarterback that doesn't like to get hit. <laughs> he doesn't like to get hit. He's going to bail out of a play if, if, if he feels like he's going to get cracked. That's just, I don't blame him. He's a small dude. He can't take those kind of hits over and over again. Um, it's just it's self-preservation at that point. The O-line isn't great. But, I mean, early this year, you saw a fresh Kyler and, a, and you saw D-Hop and they were humming with the passing game and the, the running game complemented it. You know, it complemented it nicely, but it wasn't what they led with and they, they surged out, didn't rely on the run game. Now, the problem is you need to rely on it to get take some pressure off your Kyle Murray as he's working his way back from an injury and you just you just can't run. You just can't run the ball and you can't possess the ball long enough to keep these great offenses off the field to go on the field against your defense. You know what I mean? Like the defensive line has been that great. J.J. Watts out. Chandler Jones hasn't gotten a sack in God knows how long. I don't, I, I'm probably wrong, but he had, he had that five sack game early in the year and I haven't heard too much more about him. He's not a sack leader in the league. So there's a lot of factors defensively and offensively, but in my opinion, if they could run the ball and possess the ball for a long time, they, they would be a team that we would, this wouldn't be a problem. They would not have lost the Detroit, but when you don't run the ball well and you can't protect, possess the ball, you're going to have a lot of issues in the NFL. It's it's running the ball is critical. It's huge. Man, I think the Cardinals, that's a first-round 
that's the first round by after that. Like they'll be out after the first round. Mm. Are we thinking we got San Fran and Philly as the last two teams right now, mm. and Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans on the outside looking in? Mm-hmm. I think it stays like that. I don't see I don't see Minnesota making a move. I don't see Atlanta making a move. I don't it's see really tired about Minnesota. Minnesota would be in the playoffs if they didn't have Kirk Cousins as a quarterback and they had someone you could actually trust. It's just a Kirk Cousins thing. <laughs> there's more. To, there's, they have more problems than that. But if they had a better quarterback, if they had Jimmy Garoppolo or something, I think who I think is slightly better, I think they'd be in the playoffs. But they don't, and here we are. They're gonna miss the playoffs, and they're gonna be in the quarterback market for sure. Uh, Jimmy G, though. I guess he's better than Kirk, but Jimmy G obviously is holding back great. San Fran. Yeah, he's holding back San Fran. That's oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yes. But then I guess the question I have is then where's Trey Lance? Why, has he, he, why hasn't he won the job? You know, what? why have they held him back? Because it's them holding him back, right? I mean, we, we can all see that. Uh, I think when you have when you draft a quarterback in the first round, we obviously know that teams are never hesitant to put, put you in the game and, you know, let you go in there and, just win the job take the job they want they give you the job to keep it they want you to earn they take to hold on to it so i think it's weird i mean we're, the good thing in all this is that we're going to see trey lance because obviously jimmy g has the injury to his finger which sounds crazy he's a chip bone but you know i think he'll, he we, we may not see him again and with, with the 49ers playing football period uh, i think he's gonna be in the market and i think teams are gonna fall for themselves to get him there's, the quarterback market's not great you gotta remember there's not a lot of quarterbacks in this draft and that people like a lot um, I like Pickett, but that's about it. Um, so we'll see. But I think he's going to be a hot commodity, as as bad as he's been. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're going to take that veteran option over these questionable rookies. So yeah, Jimmy yeah. G will still have a job. Cap of facts. Now you just mentioned Trey Lance, mm-hmm. one of the other rookie quarterbacks that has been balling. The Texans should consider Davis Mills as their quarterback of the future. Yeah. Like uh, to the point of uh, facts, facts to the, to the point I just made, like the quarterback market is not that great. We're, you know, the draft doesn't have like, it's not rich with quarterbacks this year. So it actually makes it a pretty easy decision for them. And if he is a quarterback, they hit on, he's a late round pick, you know, like I know you're not going to get a fifth year option with him, but you're going to get to build your, it's going to be a fast rebuild. They got a lot of first first round picks in the next couple of years. It'll be a faster rebuild than, they would have thought it would have been in Houston. They'll, they could be good faster than people think. Now, it could be fool's gold that with Davis Mills, we don't know, but he's shown flashes. He's, he's played well enough to earn some consideration, at least be in consideration for their starting job next year. I think he's probably earned the starter title. And there, again, you're not going to, who are you going to draft? I mean, really, like, what do you use your draft picks on to, to get to build out your skill positions and build out your, your defense and, you know, get your team good again? I think you I think you have to as the Texans. You gotta give it a look. Give him a shot next year. Have him go into the season as a starter. Have him go in, maybe do a quarterback competition. Maybe you sign a Jimmy G to back him up. But I think how he's ended off the season so far, now we got two more games left. But they on a two-game winning streak. He's averaging 265 yards in the last three games. And he has a 69 completion percentage right now over the last three games, like with two touchdowns a game and only one interception in those games. So he's not turning the ball over. I think that's the one you got to give a look to. And then you you bring a vet in just in case. All right. Next year, he's struggling. All right, cool. We try. Y'all ain't got nothing else to lose as the Texans. Y'all, y'all don't have nothing else to lose. Deshaun not coming back. 
And assuming assuming Deshaun beats his case, you're gonna be able to flip him for a lot of assets. I mean, for real. So that's that's part of what makes this whole thing even better. Like you may if, if you find a quarterback, you don't have to go looking. Like you can trade Deshaun and get great position players back and build out your team and exactly. use the draft in, in addition to that. It's just a win-win. Exactly. This one. I want to see what your thoughts on it is. Justin Jefferson is a top five wide receiver right now. Cap or facts? I think facts. <laughs> I think he is. I think he is. Um, as I think, I, I think about some of the best receivers off top of my head right now. I think Odell, honestly, is still a top five receiver in the league. I mean, not did not this year, fine, but just overall his skill level. We see he has four touchdowns in the last six games. I would, I would certainly put him in that conversation, but. Devontae Adams, if I'm thinking about guys who are better, Devontae Adams, D-Hop, um, I'm definitely, I'm, a miss, I'm missing dudes. Devontae Adams, D-Hop, who am I missing? Co- oh, Cooper Cup. Cooper uh, Cup. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is a bit special, right? But I would put Justin Jefferson up there, yo. That, I, I, seriously, I mean, no one can cover him. He's broken Odell's uh, record for most yards in your first two years of your career. Yep. Which is incredible because people don't understand how good old. I mean, I, people forgot how good Odell was in that time period. It was ridiculous to watch up close every weekend. But um, to break that record, that says something with Kirk Cousins as your, as your quarterback. That's pretty special. Um, <laughs> they, right? That's pretty special. So yeah, I, I say he's top five. I mean, I, I you you can have a debate about it. There's a lot of really good receivers in the league. I, I'm not. I'm probably selling some dudes short, but I think that he's definitely earned this a clear spot. Staying in that top five for years to come. He's in a climate too. Yeah, right now, if I had to do it off of like this season, you got Devontae up there, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, who's came on later in the season. Yeah. And you got to throw Stefan Diggs in the mix. D hops yeah, out. So then I think Justin Jefferson is right there in that mix. He has to be top five. And again, it's only two years in. I just hope that Justin Jefferson continues to be able to grow his game unlike Odell was. Odell was on that same trajectory to be top wide receiver ever conversation. He was literally on that same trajectory. Then you had the situation, a little injury here and there, the going back and forth with Bob McAdoo, him and Eli not seeing eye to eye, going to Cleveland dealing with I guess we call him a quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Like they jacked his career up because Odell was on that same wavelength of talking about we in, he in the same conversation with Randy Moss, T.O. Easily, Jerry Rice. Yeah. And them, that's it. It was Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, T.O., and Odell. He was supposed to be in that conversation and nobody else was able to come inside the room. They was having dinner by themselves. Everybody was outside watching, trying to figure it out. That's how it was supposed to be. Justin Jefferson, like you said, shout out to him for being able to actually achieve all this with with this guy as his quarterback. So hopefully he's able to continue that. And like you said, they might be on the market for a quarterback. So I hope they don't bring somebody in that's not going to be able to get the job done. And then we looking at Justin Jefferson talking about, oh, he only had a thousand yards a season. He only had eight hundred yards a season because he don't have a quarterback to get yeah. him. Not uh, yeah. I mean, Odell left a situation where he had a guy who can get him the ball. <laughs> That's the bottom line. A guy who's going to get him the ball no matter what. 
just Jeff, Justin Jefferson should learn from that mistake and make sure that he's absolutely sure that before he tries to force his way out of Minnesota, if that ever does happen. And it could. I could see him playing somewhere else in his career for sure. The NFL should completely get rid of the Pro Bowl game, Kappa Facts. I actually think I, I think facts. I, I don't think it's worth it. You you these guys aren't gonna risk their their health their health, right? They're not playing hard. And let's be let's be honest, football is not football without reckless abandon, without car wrecks happening in every single play. And it's not gonna happen in the pro in the pro bowl. So and I don't blame them for that. I think it's a smart move. You protect your money, protect yourselves and make sure you guys can cash in on because a lot of these guys that play in the Pro Bowl sometimes, these guys are hitting free agency, you know, the same summer. Like a lot of these things are happening. I, I don't think it's worth it at all. You gotta find another way to real fans in. And honestly, I don't even think that football needs a pro ball. They don't need an all-star game. They don't, they don't need it. Like, honestly, they really don't. Football isn't the kind of sport where you can kind of play recreationally and, you know, just for fun. I mean, look, the NBA can have a entertaining all-star game because let's just be honest, it's not as much contact and guys are, you can play a competitive game and guys will leave unscathed and healthy and continue the season. But football, the nature of it is guys getting hurt. So I don't think it's worth it risking these guys' injury, risking these guys' health and their, their, them getting hurt and things like that. I, I don't see the point in it. It's also just not a good product. It's, you know, no one watches it. No one cares. Um, final nah, thing for them to do. I think they should change the format up of making it like a first team, second team type of a, type of vibe where they do it like that instead of doing a Pro Bowl that way. Players still get you know accolades and awards because ain't nobody ain't nobody playing the Pro Bowl really hard and ain't nobody watching it. So they should do something like that where you got all right. These are the top. 34 players, first team, NFL, quarterback, mm-hmm. wide receiver, boom. Yeah, each position. Do it like that. Instead of don't even – you keep it titled as Pro Bowl, but it should be no game. Just do it like that. Have it votes. Have them be able to get their credit for it, and that's about it. That That's how I feel. This yeah. should be right there. Yeah, it's and a, if you want – Bring back the the contest where the quarterbacks go out there and soup and throw the throw the furthest. I mean that that was pretty entertaining. I think that was pretty cool. I don't know why they stopped doing it. Do that, you know. Find other ways to get these guys. Hey, how about you guys? How about they do one on one? Take the best DB in the league, take the best wide receiver in the league, line them up with a great quarterback, and let them just go one on one. And because I'd watch that, I would watch that one hundred percent. There's other things they can do. They don't have to. I just gave them two great ideas. They should hire me. I wouldn't work with them, but they should hire me. Like. They have to figure out ways to, you know, get get guys interested. It, that that those two things alone would be more interesting than the game ever was. Now we gonna we gonna end off the show with this one because we're both on the same page. We're both campaigning for it. We don't fully agree to the extent, but Demar Derozan mm. has been balling. Chicago as a team has been balling. You go to the extent of saying that Demar Derozan has a better case for MVP than Steph. I agree he has a case for MVP, but not a better case. It might be equal, but not a better case than Steph. No way. But go ahead, break it down. I I really want to hear why he has a a better case for MVP. Yeah, I I think that DeMar DeRozan has the second – is the second – and it's in second place, clear cut second place in the MVP race behind Kevin Durant. I do believe he's in second place behind KD. And the reason why is because I just think DeMar has to do more for his team to win basketball games than Steph Curry does. And it's not to, you know, 
belittle what Steph Curry does on a night-to-night basis. He's incredible, and that team can't function. The team doesn't fu- cannot function the same without him. I I would totally agree with that. But I think it's safe to say the Warriors are a deeper basketball team than just about every team in the league. They're deep. I mean, you, dude, they added two first-round picks. They don't even play this year. Like they, they, they're, they're in the G League. They're not playing minutes. Kaminga is kind of coming on. Moody's in the G League right now. You got Poole came on strong this year. has improved his game. Andrew Wiggins having a career year, which is crazy. Last year he wasn't having a career year. This year he is. Um, Otto Porter is a really good player that I, I actually wanted the Nets to get, and he, we, we didn't get him. Um, so you're, you're talking about a team that's dead deep, and you're talking about a team that's going to add Clay Thompson, add Wiseman back into the fold. They're a deep team. So I don't think he has to do nearly as much for that team to win basketball games on a night-to-night basis. They, he really doesn't. He really doesn't. They're a team that could win without him. They could win 30, 35 games, 40, 35 to 40 games. They're a good team with Draymond. Golden State. Golden State. Golden State could win 30, 35 games in a high bar. It's not that it's not, you're not a good team you win 35 games. But just think about it. Like the Bulls last year were a middling team fighting to, to I don't think they even got in the play-in. If I'm, if I'm, I'm not saying, mistaken. So Golden State currently constructed right now, if no Steph, they can win 30, 35 games. I think 30, 35 games is fair. Yeah. With eight, eight with an increased role for Aaron, uh, for Wiggins, an increased role for Poole, who's played well. They can win 30 games, 35 games. 30, 35, anywhere in the range. I guess I can see that. I just think they're deep, but they Steph makes these players better. You feel I me? Agree. Like so we take the, we take, we've talked about it plenty of time. Andrew Wiggins was he doesn't play this well anywhere else. He's been re reinvigorated in Golden State. You mentioned mm-hmm. Otto Porter, who has been unfortunately a journeyman. Nobody's saying he's not talented, but he's moved. He's not what people expected. The game on Christmas Day, they beat the Suns. Mm-hmm. Great game for Golden State. Phoenix shouldn't have lost that game. Those buckets Otto Porter was getting at the end of the game is only because of Steph. That's literally because of Steph, Steph. Creates, yeah. Steph creates a diversion with the defense. He he when he runs through the anywhere he goes, the defense is gonna shift that way and guys are gonna get open looks. I agree. He he changes the game just being on the floor. And his MVP case is strong. But when I look at what DeMar's done, okay, we're talking about a dude who's taking mid-range jump shots. Like that's that's how he's getting his buckets. I, I saw he had a line that last night, I think he was like 35, 10, and 7 on 70% shooting. Yo, what what Demar's doing, bro? I ain't seen the, nobody shoot the mid range shot this well, this proficiently since Jordan, not Kobe. Jordan, <laughs> Kobe didn't always shoot that thing proficiently. Come on, bro. Kobe, Kobe, you know Kobe mindset. I'm gonna get them up. I'm gonna get these things up. I'm gonna get them up. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not. It don't like whether I make them or miss them. It's better. I'm better. I'm taking them than you're taking them. That's that's his mentality, and that's fine. It works. It's okay. But that rest his soul. But when I look at when I th- when I think about how good Demar's been, yo, and I've I've seen him play. I've watched three separate bowl games this year, not a million of them. I've, but every time in the fourth quarter when the game's in question, it's not Zach Levine, it's not Lonzo Ball, it's not Vucevic, it's him. It's they get the ball to him and they get out of the way, and he's isoing, and nothing is working. They're trying to double him, nothing's working. If they double him, he's just doing a, a turnaround fade to the opposite side shoulder, getting his getting his jump shot off. He is playing at a level that like. Yo, for real, he's playing at a Hall of Fame level right now. DeMar DeRozan playing at a Hall of Fame level right now, right? Like, no one can guard him. There's no one in the NBA can guard that guy right now. And I didn't see this coming. I didn't see it coming for a guy who we talked about 
early in his career, he has to add a three-point shot to his game. The NBA is going away from what he does. He needs, he needs to get with the times. And that was always the criticism of DeMar DeRozan, right? To now, I, he's just giving a hold the middle finger. Like, yeah, I'm going to get these middle, these, 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 <laughs> these middle fingers. I'm going to get these <laughs> mid-range jump shots up, right? I'm going to get them up, and there's nothing anybody can do with me. The defense can't stop me. I'm going to get to whatever I want, whenever I want. And he's facilitating. He's getting rebounds. He's staying healthy. The guy, oh, he's playing at a level that he's playing at a higher level right now than Stephen Curry. That's that's what I'm saying. And that team, that that Bulls team without Demar right now, it, they're they're very talented. They're deep. They got Vooch. They got they got Zach. They got Zoe, who's playing at a high level too. And Caruso has been great for them. They got a lot of factors too. They're deep. Just not, they're just. I mean, come on, they're not as deep as the Warriors. And Demar is the way he's making your defense have to account for him. It's it's making everyone's life so easy on that team too. He's been he's been like seriously, he's playing at a higher level than anybody in basketball outside of KD. And it's close. The thing is, right? If they stay at this rate, DeMar probably has the stronger case. And I'd actually like to see DeMar get the MVP over KD just because KD got one before and nobody expected Chicago to be the number two seed. Oh, facts. The thing is how the voters work, and we know this. Come on. The narrative for Steph and the Warriors to be back on top of the league, I think, and you know, I appreciate what DeMar is doing. The man, he is top five in ISO buckets, but he's only top 15 in how many attempts he's getting. So the man isn't even jocking. Like, it's just super effective. Super. When he gets the ball. He puts the ball in the basket, like almost every time. Like at a ridiculous rate. Super, super efficient. I just don't think, unfortunately, because you got Golden State at twenty-seven and six. You got Steph Curry. You got the narrative. He's back. He's doing this without Clay. Now Clay coming back. Right now, hard. And and, so Katie, and Katie also benefits from the narrative too. Katie coming up the Achilles. He was never supposed to be this good again. The writers were always saying, oh, he's not going to be the same player. Weren't the writers saying that? Weren't everybody on ESPN when they were on TV talking about the journalists were saying that? And now that he's playing at this high level, at a ridiculously high level, by the way, now they're likely to give it to him. The Nets are going to finish with the first seed in the East. It'll be mainly because he's been the, the steady force in that league and, that, and on that team carrying them. They'll, they'll, they're likely to give him an MVP over, over, over Curry. It's going to be their formula is always simple. Best player on the best team. Best player on the best team, and what narrative do we like that we drew up the most? That's Absolutely. always been the three consistent things. Demar won't win MVP. Demar won't be even. Demar won't even finish ahead of Steph Curry in the MVP voting system. He won't get more votes, more second place votes. But we're here to tell you that real. Dem- I and I am Demar is I think by like by far a clear cut second. And it's, Steph's been great, and Steph's right there. But Demar has been the second place guy in that MVP race, in my opinion, just on what he's doing. And you can make a case for him being first. You can make a, a real case for him being the, being the MVP in the league. I, I wouldn't you know argue that, with you. You got to look at it. The thing that's going to really determine, I think, too, MVP, the championship, COVID, how many games will yeah. some players miss? Like, if you can stay fairly healthy, which from what I can remember so far, Steph hasn't hit the COVID protocols. He hasn't had to deal no. with that as of yet, so... And then they're staying blessed. So that's what I'm saying. You feel me? Like, so I can see, depending on if, if it stays like this, where Golden State has the number one record in the in the league, you know they're going to give it to Steph. You know the voters are going to give it to Steph. 
But with the Nets being the number one seed in the East, it makes things tougher for them. It challenges their theory because then it's like, okay, what narrative you like more? That's what they get to pick because KD's been just as good. Now KD hit the now KD hit the protocol. I know what you're saying. Is it is it look? It's unlikely Steph's not going to hit the protocol at some point. It's just unlikely. These teams, the, the, LeBron made a great point the other day. He said, "Hey, like, where teams like the Warriors and Suns, the only difference between us and them when he's not totally right in saying this, there's a lot of differences. They, they don't have Westbrook, but we can we, we don't talk about that." is that they have all their guys. He made a good point. They do. They hadn't, no one had noticed, none of those, the Warriors and Suns hadn't been touched by the protocols. No one was hitting COVID on those teams, weirdly enough. Now, I know Jay Crowder just went out with COVID and it affected the Suns lineup, but the Warriors have been really fortunate. And I know Draymond just hit the protocol, but they have been fortunate up until now, up until Brian said something. Weird timing, really. But um, we'll see. I think it's very unlikely that Steph's not going to have to hit the, health and safety and i'm not wishing that on him knock on wood knock on wood that he's he's gonna be able to stay healthy but it, this thing is getting everybody just just real talk. i think i think the other thing too before we close out right so you just mentioned it bron just, bruh what we 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 love bron we believe bron is a goat do could could you understand what this man, after every game, is basically trying to tell the world to just be patient. We just gotta get healthy. That's <laughs> that's, Bron. This yeah. is you can't you can't give these same interviews. Like this is not 2010, 2011. You can't just we just gotta get healthy. Uh, we've been hit really bad. Like Bron, that's not that's not fun. That's not it, bro. Golden State don't have they don't have Clay and Wiseman. So everybody, every team, whether it's COVID protocols, injuries have been hit on some degree. It's the Lakers. Y'all have championship aspirations. Y'all have no excuse. Why? I will say the injuries that they've had, the Lakers have had, have hit them in a hard spot. I don't. I don't think any team in the league has had injuries that have hit them as hard as the Lakers. Because I'm telling y'all, when the Lakers signed Kendrick Nunn, I was like, that's a big deal. Like a dude that go get a bucket, and he's he's not yo. Like Malik Monk, how I was telling you, telling you on the group chat, I'm like, yo, Malik Monk is a big deal for them. Like, he helps them a lot because he's not scared to take the shots. He's, you know, in fact, sometimes he's a little too bashful shooting it, but he's not scared to shoot it. He's not scared to shoot it. And, you know, he, he's, a lot of different, very, he's a lot of different ways he can score the basketball. He can score off the dribble. He can get to the paint. He can create for someone else, which he's done a really nice job of this year. I didn't have, I didn't see that in his game in Charlotte. He does a great job of that. And he's, he, he's streaky. He can really get you going. And he's a great guy to bring off your bench. Nunn's very similar, and Nunn is a little more consistent with his offensive game, in my opinion. Nunn, you can put him in a corner. He's going to knock down that three ball. Like, it's a big – and he's also going to get you buckets off the bounce, get to the basket, create. It's a big deal he's not playing. It's a really big deal. I think I think Nunn's never going to play a game for the Lakers because they're going to end up trading him for Jeremy Grant. I just I just feel it coming. They're going to have to do something to shake this thing up. They're, they're stuck with Russ. There's no way to getting rid of him, and that's fine. Some people would say that, you know, I know we talked about it. Like, Russ is not the biggest problem with the team, but – um, I would, I, I think that you have to take that into consideration. Like you're going to, you're going to end up having them make a big move here. It's going to shift things to the team. I mean, between Russ and Braun, I want to know, like, what, what are they drinking in, in the locker room? They got a different type of Kool-Aid because I, I want to know what Russ is thinking. Russ says, yeah, people just, you know, expect 25, 15, and 15 out of me, and that's not normal. Bro, what are, what are they drinking over in L.A.? What is Russ talking about? What is Russ talking about? Like, I've been 
I've been on Russ's case that he hasn't played well, but he's not the sole thing. Now it sounds like outside of COVID testing, they might have to do drug testing with the Lakers. LeBron talking about we just got to get healthy. And then you got Russ talking about, yo, people just want 25, 15, and 15 out of me every night. Like, they asking for a lot. That's not normal. Bro, really? He's making my point. He's making my point about him for years. He is so clearly focused on stats when he plays. I was telling Nile this, and Nile got on my case years ago. That year he won MVP with Thunder, and I was saying, yo, he's just stat hunting. He's clearly stat hunting. And like, yeah, but it's hard. You know how hard it is to get triple-double? You know, they're winning games, blah, blah, blah. Yo. You, you're not going to win. Look, it was okay when he was a freak athletically, some of the things he does, because you can cover up some of the turnovers and things like that with some of the plays he can make on the floor that other guys can't make. He was He's the most athletic point guard in NBA history when he was more at his peak. But the, the triple-doubles, the narrative around him, the triple-double, him, him being the triple-double king has really covered it up for the casuals in terms of how bad he's been in terms of not working on his deficiencies. He never, he never solidified his jump shot. He never got a three ball that was consistent. He has never been a good decision maker at any point. And that was evident and very clear when he played with KD, when at the, the start of their careers and down the stretch of some games, KD wasn't getting the ball. It was Russ taking shots and he would lose them games. He was losing them playoff games doing that. It was crazy. So I have never been a huge Russ fan. I, I am a fan of the energy he plays with. I think that that is something you could admire. I think it's definitely good for kids to take from that. Like, yo, play hard every possession. That's great. Play hard. Play smart, too. And I think that the playing smart thing and also being self-aware. He's not self-aware. What he said, saying that, oh, guys, want 25, 15, and 15 from me. No, we don't. What? Who told you that? What? We want you to do less. I don't even want you to have the balls much. Give them all LeBron and let's figure out a more a, a different role for you. Set screens. Roll. Like, Make good decisions with the ball. Push the ball in transition. You're good at that. But do what you're good at. You're not good at being a guy who has the ball in his hand and is running the show. You can't do that. You make bad. You, there's too many turnovers. There's just too many altogether. He's a walking turnover. So he's just not. He's not self-aware though. It's a, it's a self. It's a lack of self-awareness. It was so frustrating seeing that quote, and I sent it to you. It was so frustrating because he's he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And I'm I don't know if he's ever going to change. And I, I thought it could work. I thought Braun might be able to get to him. It's not working. It's, it's really not working. He does way too much. And it's, it's scary. It's scary. It's scary. I, I, I always told people like when at the end of his career, he wasn't going to go out and he wasn't going to be in the, he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to go out nicely. It wasn't going to be a good happy ending for Russell Westbrook. And it's already happening with the athleticism dissipating a little bit. Yo, what do guys rely on when they, when their athleticism dissipates shooting good decision-making he doesn't do either. So there's, there's no reason to have him on your team. Like, it, it's hard. What, what, I can't justify keeping Russell Westbrook on my team when you're going to turn the ball over six. Seven. He has, like, the most turnover. It was a crazy number. I, I think he has, like, the, the highest turnover per game average in NBA history is a stat I saw today. That is crazy. That's crazy. And don't give me the primary ball handler crap. That's Because James Harden just played a game last night where he had the ball in his hands the entire night, and I think he only had three turnovers. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, don't – like, it's – it's, it's decision-making. He plays too fast. He doesn't play. He doesn't change speeds. He doesn't work on his jump shot. Yo, be self-aware. Lesson to learn from Russell Westbrook to all the kids at hoop. And then and in life, be self-aware. Understand your strengths. Understand your weaknesses. Understand what you bring to the table and how you can get better. And you'll be better off that way. That's the best, that's the best thing I can tell anybody. Yo, and that's the thing we ended off with, right? Everybody was hopping on Cat's neck. 
But they ain't watched the whole clip. They just saw the little post that he posted. He literally said that. He said, yo, you know how hard it is to get a triple-double? Yeah. But I think I think Rush just plays too fast. It's obvious. Like, if you hoop, you got to change paces. If you're a point guard, you catch the ball, you got to catch it. Look at the defense. Look, see what they're doing. See how they're shading you. See what the read is. See if they're going to ice you on the screen. Like, there's so much you got to process. It's like playing quarterback. He, yo, imagine a quarterback catching the ball off the snap. This, this would be rough. He catches the ball off the snap. Look at the defense. He wouldn't even look. He just throw it. Just throw it. Like, he's it's crazy. You know, he's like Tasmanian devil. He just does whatever the hell he wants. That's when, you're on mad, that's when you're on mat and mad fast. Just pressing X. Next thing you know. You, just for no reason. <laughs> yo, something you should do, though. Take notes. Josh Giddy, zero points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, only three turnovers. That's a rookie. That's a rookie that did that. That's maturity. That's maturity beyond his years. Just needs to take notes. But as Greg said, man, yo, be self-aware in life. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Benchmark, we out. Peace. Peace.